Hello, and welcome into the latest edition of the Postcast, a production of the Casper Star Tribune and Pokes Authority. I am Davis Potter, Wyoming beat writer for the Star Tribune. I hope this week, as early as it is, is going well for everybody. Uh, I know we're getting this podcast out a little earlier than usual in the week, but I wanted to turn it around pretty quick and uh, react to what was a pleasantly surprising week in Las Vegas for the Wyoming men's basketball team with the run it made to the Mountain West Tournament semifinals. Um, So we're going to talk about that and how it impacts Alan Edwards' future at Wyoming, if at all. And then in the second segment, I am going to talk to Eli Betger, who runs the Heat Check College Basketball blog and is a contributor for the Mountain West Wire, which is part of the USA Today Network. Uh, We will talk about uh, what transpired in Las Vegas throughout the course of the entire Mountain West tournament, and then we'll look ahead some to the uh, NCAA tournament now that – Selection Sunday is less than a week away, but uh, let's go ahead and dive right into this thing. Um, Wyoming was one of, if not the biggest story in Las Vegas last week at the Mountain West Tournament after um, becoming the first ever number 11 seed to win a Mountain West Tournament game with its upset of rival Colorado State in its first round game on Wednesday. And then on Thursday night, they turned around and shocked everybody with their win over number three seed Nevada to advance to the semifinals for the first time since they won the whole thing back in 2015. And then they pushed Utah State, the eventual tournament champion, to the brink late Friday night before their season eventually ended with an 89-82 loss. Wyoming finishes the year at 9-24. and uh, And now all the Attention is on the future and what athletic director Tom Berman decides to do in terms of the direction of the program, whether Alan Edwards will be back for a fifth season or if change is coming. The biggest question that I have gotten, whether it be social media or just running into fans, Wyoming fans in general, is did Wyoming's run in the tournament save Alan Edwards' job? Um, the, the, the quick and short answer to that is I don't know. Uh, I'm going to get into this uh, in more in depth here in a minute, but I do want to preface this uh, by reiterating that I have not been told anything definitively one way or the other in regards to Alan Edwards' job status and whether he will be back at Wyoming next season. Um, there's been no announcement from Wyoming in regards to that. In fact, it's actually gotten pretty quiet around here. Uh, I did request an interview with Tom Berman through uh, Wyoming's media relations department uh, to talk about the season and the future of the program. Um, And as of this recording on Sunday night, I still have not heard anything back. So, um, you know, you can take that for what it's worth. I don't know what that means, if anything, but I don't have any answer affirmatively as to what Tom Berman's decision is or will be. Obviously, if I knew that, I would report it. Um, you know, some of Wyoming's players came out on, on social media, on Twitter specifically, and and uh, backed their coach and uh, had some some opinions on the uh, on the matter. And uh, the ones that have chimed in anyway on social media, it's been a pretty uniformed opinion that um, they want Allen Edwards back for another season. Whether that happens or not, I don't know. But Back to the question of 
you know, whether uh, this bought Allen Edwards another season at Wyoming after what happened last year, obviously with winning eight games and then Tom Berman coming out and saying that this season needed to be a lot better. Um, I'm going to answer it in this way. If, if Tom Berman had made a decision before the Mountain West tournament as to what he wanted to do, which way he was going, and, and to be clear, I, I do not know if Tom had come to a decision beforehand. Um, and obviously the decision that we would be talking about is if he's decided to terminate Allen and move in another direction. Because obviously if he had decided before the Mount West tournament that he was going to bring Allen back, then obviously a run to the Mount West semifinals would only have strengthened his confirmation in that decision and all the rest of this would be a moot point. For the sake of this conversation and for the sake of this hypothetical, we're, we're, just, we're obviously talking about if Tom Berman had made the decision before the Mount West tournament uh, to make a change and hire a new basketball coach going into the next season. So if that were the case, if Tom Berman, the athletic director at Wyoming, Allen Edwards boss, had decided b- before last week's games had happened that he was making a change and that he was going to take the program in a in a new direction, I think what happened shouldn't change that. Uh, look, I mean, Wyoming was a great story. That was a great moment for them. Uh, you could not turn on a college basketball broadcast, and pr- particularly on the CBS Sports Network, which televised all the Mountain West tournament games, and not hear about Wyoming. I mean, Wyoming was m- maybe the story of college basketball for three days last week until Utah State um, upset San Diego State in the championship game on Saturday. Um, so I mean, free advertising for that university and that, that program um, they were they were the talk of the town, so to speak, and, and really a, a feel good story and a feel good moment for that program that has not had a whole lot, if any of those, over the last two seasons. So uh, you do have to give Allen Edwards and, and those players credit for what they were able to do because it would have been really easy to show up in Vegas and go through the motions and just you know kind of get this thing over with and, and see what happens. Uh, but they didn't do that. I mean, they they fought, they scrapped, they clawed, and. They shot better than they have all season. I mean, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out where that Wyoming team came from in terms of perimeter shooting. They came into that tournament uh, next to last in the conference in three-point field goal percentage. They were shooting 31% for the year. They made double-digit threes in all three games, including a tournament-high 15 against Utah State to give themselves a chance almost at the very end of that game because it was a two-possession game with about 30 or 40 seconds left. So... Uh, you know, just a heck of an effort, a heck of a performance, and a heck of a job, Allen, really to, to keep those kids motivated and give, you know, that that that, that team, that program, and, and really the Wyoming's fan base something to be proud of, something to really cheer about, which they haven't had obviously a, a whole lot to for, for the last couple of years. But um, having said all that, and again, if Tom Berman had made the decision before last week to move in a different direction, then two games or three games should not influence that decision and shouldn't change it. Because as, as an athletic director, and Tom knows this, you, you can't make those decisions in a vacuum. Uh, you can't look at two or three games and act like the rest of the season didn't happen. Those two or three games didn't change the fact that, again, Wyoming had less wins going into the tournament than they did all of last season when they dealt with all those injuries players leaving mid-year, all that attrition, and yet they had more wins in the regular season last year than they did this season. I mean, they needed that run just to eclipse last year's win total. 
it doesn't change the fact that this team is either tied for the worst record in the Mountain West or had the worst record in the league each of the last two seasons. In Las Vegas alone, they matched their conference win total from the whole season. They finished 2-16 and 16 this year. Um, it doesn't change some of the real issues within this program. Uh, it doesn't change some of the warts. Um, you know, they, they finished last in the conference in scoring this year, uh, last in the conference in rebounding. As I mentioned, they were next to last in three-point field goal percentage uh, going into the Mount West tournament. They really just weren't a good offensive team all season. It doesn't change the fact that this program has gone through one of its worst two-year stretches in the history of Wyoming basketball. And also, winning a couple games in your conference tournament is not going to fill the arena auditorium back up. A lot of fans, uh, which include a lot of our listeners, have seen the same thing that Alan and, and Tom, anybody that's followed this program over the last couple of years, have also seen. And I don't know if keeping things status quo is going to give fans out there, particularly some season ticket holders who now might be on the fence about whether to renew their tickets or not, any incentive to, to do that. Uh, and Wyoming played in largely empty arenas this year. Um, you know, it was the lowest attendance in Allen Edwards tenure, uh, right at 3000, which that's what Wyoming listed. You know, there were some nights that it sure as heck didn't look like there were 3000 fans in the arena auditorium. And at the end of the day, college athletics is a business. Wyoming has lost a lot more games than it's won the last two years. A large part of the fan base is apathetic to what's going on. A large percentage of the fan base wants change. And a large percentage of the fan base has let that be known with its attendance the last couple of years or lack thereof. Wyoming started losing a bunch of games. Fans aren't showing up. Fans aren't showing up because they're not buying tickets. You stop buying tickets, you start affecting the bottom line. And when you start affecting the bottom line negatively in an athletic program, you're done as a coach. That That's just the harsh reality of it. And again, I don't know if standing pat is going to do anything to change that because there's just not a whole lot of excitement around the program right now. There's a lot, not a whole lot of momentum. I mean, if you, you can argue, I guess, that with their, their late tournament run, that it gave them a little spark. It gave them a little something going into the offseason, going into the next season. I don't necessarily subscribe to that theory because Wyoming isn't going to play another basketball game for nine months. So, I mean, there's a long layoff here. It's part of the reason why my somewhat educated opinion is that change is going to come. Though, again, I don't have any confirmation of that or have been told anything definite either way in terms of Alan Edwards' job status. So, um, another thing I'm hearing a lot from fans related to this is the, the concern that players will transfer if a coaching change is made, which I can understand to an extent because this is a young team that looks like uh, it got better uh, as the season went on. I mean, they, they played some of their best basketball there in the tournament. I mean, Quan Marble was, was absolutely insane in that tournament in a good way. I mean, he made the uh, all tournament team. I think he averaged right at under 20 points a game. Uh, and then Kenny Foster, the other freshman, um, he went off and had a really good game in the last one against Utah State, sort of keep Wyoming in that game. So, um, you know, th- this is a, a team that's only losing two seniors in Jake Hendricks and A.J. Banks. Uh, and then next year, uh, I'll have to double check, I don't think they have any seniors on, on next year's roster uh, in terms of the guys that are currently on it. So, um, you know, you have a good nucleus there and you think, man, you know, they made some strides. They played better toward the end. Obviously, uh, they, they like Allen and, and want to play for him. So if you bring all that back next year, maybe 
you're on the verge of, of really a breakthrough and getting this thing back on track. But again, if Tom Berman has had decided before the tournament that he was making a change, then that's not a good enough excuse not to make it. Because there are players that transfer every year in college basketball. The sport has hundreds of transfers every year. And I would venture to say, particularly if Wyoming has a new coach next season, that the Cowboys are going to have a transfer on their roster next year, if not a couple, just depending on how much attrition happens if they do make a coaching change. Uh, you know, whether it's a graduate transfer or a guy that comes in that still has two or three years of eligibility left. Um, you know, that's part of the deal. Uh, sure. Uh, if they make a coaching change, yeah, they're going to be kids that transfer out of the program. Um, that's part of the process. You're also going to have some kids that, that the new coach may have ties to or may, may, may be familiar with that, that he brings in to replace them. Uh, that, that's just sort of part of the process. So at, at the end of the day, Tom Berman has to ask himself if he believes Alan Edwards is the right man for this job and the right man to get this program back on track. Period. Simple as that. And if he's already answered that question, then he needs to stick with it and have conviction. Because, again, you cannot make these decisions based on two or three games. I mean, that, that's an outlier when you're talking about a 32-33 game season. You have to take everything into the totality. And I'm not saying anything that Tom doesn't already know. Uh, any athletic director that's good at his job knows that doesn't have knee-jerk reactions, and doesn't look at things in pieces. So we'll see what happens. Um, again, Wyoming, there's been no word from them as to which direction um, they're going to go with the program, if they're going to make a change or not. So that's something, obviously, keep an eye on now that the season is over because if change is coming, I would expect it to happen relatively soon. But I'm going to go ahead and take a break there, and when I come back... I will talk all things Mountain West Tournament and NCAA Tournament with Eli Beckner. Postcast, and now I'm going to talk to Eli Betker, who runs the Heat Check College Basketball blog and has some familiarity with the Mountain West, having uh, been a contributor for the Mountain West Wire, part of the USA Today Network. Uh, well, you can check out some of his work at heatcheckcbb.com, but uh, we'll sort of recap the week that was in Vegas in the Mountain West Tournament and then look ahead to the NCAA Tournament with a lot of uh, conferences getting into their league tournaments this week. Uh, but before we get into that, just a couple of quick housekeeping items. Um, Wyoming's Pro Day is still set for Tuesday, and the on-field portion of the workout will start at 10 a.m. in Wyoming's indoor practice facility on campus, uh, and that is open to the public. As far as spring football, still awaiting word from Wyoming 
on official dates. Um, they are still tentatively scheduled to start at the end of the month, but as soon as we know, uh, you guys will know. And then um, as far as a podcast for next week, I don't know if we'll have one. It's actually looking doubtful because I'm going to take some time off before Wyoming starts spring practice. But for any breaking news and all of our coverage, be sure to continue checking out Trib.com and PokesAuthority.com. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at PokesAuthority. You can follow me on Twitter at Davis E. Potter. This podcast is on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Omni. So be sure to subscribe, uh, share it, like it, give us that five-star rating. Uh, appreciate all you as always for listening and we will catch up with you later this month without further ado here is Eli Becker well Eli I guess we'll uh I'll start uh here in Wyoming if uh if Utah State upset in San Diego State in the Mountain West Championship game uh was the biggest story in Las Vegas this week I guess Wyoming would probably be 1B right behind them uh obviously with their run to the uh Mountain West semifinals but I want to for a minute, just sort of put you in Tom Berman's shoes, the athletic director there at Wyoming, because um, obviously their tournament run is a, a small part of a bigger story there at Wyoming right now. I'm just curious, um, you know, if you were the athletic director at Wyoming and you had already made the decision before the Mountain West tournament to make a change and bring in a new basketball coach, would what they have done in Vegas, would it have changed your mind at all or, or even made you have second thoughts about it? Yeah, I mean, it's a really complicated situation because I think heading into the conference tournament, uh, I think Alan Edwards probably belonged on most, if not all, hot seat lists that you could find. It was the struggles that the Cowboys have had this season, even the year before. And just the 120 minutes that this team put together in Vegas this past weekend, I think it it offers a glimmer of hope maybe into what next season could be if these pieces stick around. Obviously, that's a huge if. This conference has had so many talented players, like particularly with San Jose State and um, some other programs transferring the offseason. It really kind of stalled the progress. But, yeah, it's it's tough because you have you have the big sample size of what Alan Edwards has done with Wyoming. And obviously, it started well in, in these past two years has gone severely south, but it's, it's hard to watch what this team accomplished this past weekend. No number 11 seed has ever won a game in the Mountain West tournament before this weekend. Cowboys almost won three, and um, I think just looking at what the roster has, it's a very young roster, and uh, assuming that they're able to bring these pieces back, I, I would assume you give Alan Edwards another shot because, like I said, it's a glimmer of hope. Um, I don't I don't know how much weight you can put on two, three games, but uh, it's a tough position, that's for sure. So you, you're familiar with the Mountain West. You obviously covered the league for a little bit, um, know the landscape a little bit. I mean, what, do you have any opinions on just what the, the job at Wyoming and how it might be viewed nationally? Yeah, I mean, it, certainly it's a team that's capable of getting to the NCAA tournament. I think um, they've had some talent passed through there in recent years. Obviously, Justin James now in the NBA um, with Larry and Ant. They've had great players come through this program, and uh, of course, Wyoming isn't the the bright lights in the big city of, say, UNLV or San Diego State, but they do good things there, and when um, the pieces come together and you have experience, you have talent, um, this team is 
Zulu's program is capable of winning 20 games a season and at least competing for NCAA tournament berths or top four finishes in the Mountain West. So under the right fit, and I think this is what Alan Edwards offered his first two years with Wyoming when they, they won a combined 43 games. Uh, it, it's an attractive place where you can play really good basketball and you can get talent from uh, the mountain areas or, or even down towards California or, or in that area. So uh, it's an attractive place, and, and especially for rising coaches that maybe haven't gotten a big game yet, uh, I think it's Wyoming's a pretty good spot to get started. Moving on to the rest of the Mountain West and just taking a look at the league uh, coming off the, the conference tournament, obviously. I know this might be a crazy question or at least seem like a crazy question just based on the kind of year that San Diego State has had, but Utah State pulls off the upset in the, to win the Mountain West Tournament Championship. I'm just curious, you know, San Diego State, both of their losses have come in the last two weeks. They've made a habit of, of starting slow during these the, the end of the season and really falling behind just about everybody that they played. Is it a stretch, or do you think there's a possibility that Utah State might be the league's best team entering the NCAA tournament? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of crazy to even think that that could have been a question as recent as two weeks ago, but both teams have really been on different paths these last two weeks, and San Diego State at lots of UNLV, I thought at the time that it was just kind of a flip on the radar and how often can a team really win 26, 27 games in a row, but they did much of the same against Colorado State the game after. They struggled against Nevada, and then they didn't really look too great in the Mountain West tournament. I know that they had that 18-point lead against Utah State. They could have certainly closed out that game early in the first half had they hit a few more buckets and got some stops, but at this point, Utah State, they're running all the momentum like they were last year, and it actually it reminds me quite a bit of how it did uh, pan out last season because we had Nevada that had this super long winning streak, and um, that kind of fell apart towards the end of the regular season, and, and they were bounced in the Mountain West tournament. Uh, and then Utah State had that huge run to grab the auto bid. So it, it honestly reminds me quite a bit of how last season's uh, tournament panned out, and uh, you hope for at least the conference's sake that the NCAA tournament's fortune is a little bit better than it was last year, and uh, I think they're in good shape to, to pick up a win or two. So obviously the, the byproduct of Utah State winning the conference tournament against San Diego State is that the Aztecs now do have two losses, and already the debate has started as to whether the Aztecs are going to lose that number one seed and fall to the two line. And And I'm fascinated by this because – the team right now that a lot of the, the pundits and talking heads are talking about moving to the one line to replace uh, San Diego State is Dayton, who also has two losses. So uh, just bear with me for a second because I'm going to run through these resumes because, I mean, they're almost I- identical just in terms of on paper the win-loss record. So um, San Diego State is 4-1 and one in quad one games. With one of those – or with that only loss – being obviously to Utah State uh, in the Mount West Tournament Championship game. The ugly loss obviously came to UNLV at home a few weeks back. Um, but in terms of, of just wins, um, they, they swept Utah State twice in the regular season and then did some really good work in the non-conference. I mean, they, they knocked off BYU, who you know is in that co- a, a top five, six seed conversation and probably will cement that if, if they – 
uh, were to knock off Gonzaga in the West Coast Conference Championship game. Um, they beat Creighton, who is right now one of the hottest teams in the country and seems destined for a two-seed. Uh, and then beat Iowa, who's also another NCAA tournament team and has the National Player of the Year finalist in Luca Garza. So those are some of their wins. Um, and then you look at Dayton, they're 5-2 and two, uh, in quad one games. And their only two losses all year have come in overtime to Kansas, the number one team in the country, and then Colorado, another ranked team that's a lot for the NCAA tournament. But with the Flyers, the A-10 doesn't give a lot of – sort of similar to San Diego State in the Mount West, doesn't have a lot, a lot of opportunities for quality wins in conference. I mean, you look at their resume, the only win that they have over a team that's a lot for the tournament right now is St. Mary's. Now, they did beat Rhode Island and Richmond – in A-10 play, but those teams are squarely on the bubble, and it's really a coin flip as to whether they're going to get in the tournament or not. It probably depends on you know, how those teams perform uh, in the A-10 tournament this upcoming week. But I'm just curious, because um, it, it's fascinating to me, like I said, and it almost seems like do you, do you value San Diego State's quality wins more than Dayton's impressive losses? I guess if that's a thing, because, again, their only two losses – have come in overtime. So they have not lost to a team in regulation all year. I'm just curious what you think about that, and uh, who do you think will end up getting that number one seed? Assuming that maybe Dayton either either wins the A-10 tournament or at least reaches the championship game. Whether or not 
San Diego State's the one or the two that I think the fact that they're even in that conversation uh, with all the publicity and the hype that Utah State had entering the season, the fact that <laughs> we're debating whether it should be a one or two seed, I think they're in a pretty good spot right now. But I, as of right now, I will um, still hold on with San Diego State as the East number one seed. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. I mean, I, I think San Diego State should still be a number one seed. Uh, I think their wins are better. And again, I, I mean, their one bad loss was to UNLV. Uh, that was a quad three loss, so it it is bad. But I, yeah, I mean, like you mentioned, I think the committee, uh, you know, they ask you know where you play teams and who'd you beat ultimately. And I think San Diego State's definitely got the edge in that department. But uh, Dayton is. Dayton's really good, too. For any of our listeners that haven't watched Dayton, you might want to tune into the uh, A-10 tournament this upcoming week and watch them, and specifically Obi Toppin, who will be a who will be an uh, NBA lottery pick and is a human highlight reel for the Flyers. But, um, Eli, do, do you think San Diego State can win a national title this year? You know, if you had asked me this about a month ago, I think I could lean into the idea that they can get it done, but I, I think – the recent concerns that I've seen with this team I'm trailing by as many as 15 or 16 against closer opponents, um, they, they showed some blemishes. I think not being able to hold on to an 18-point lead against Utah State. I have my concerns that the Aztecs can get it done, and I think um, the seeding will, will play a big role in that, whether they're the East number one or the West number two. And um, the, the third one, which I think is also a, a big key for them moving forward, is whether or not Nathan Mensa will return to this team. And, and he's missed most of the season due to uh, respiratory issues. Um, and he's, he just adds another element to the Aztecs being a rim protector down low, and he just has this big presence, and he can go face-to-face with just about any big man in the country that you put him against. And as good as Yanni Wetzel has been for Tanya State this year, he isn't really that type of player that can – protect the basket as well as Mensa. So there is still some talk that he can come back, but I would say that it's rather doubtful. Um, but, I mean, if he does, he has another element. I think in conclusion, I wouldn't guess that they get that far, uh, but uh, if they have the right matchups and if they play to their potential and knockdown shots, uh, they're just as good as any other team in the country. I mentioned uh, the A-10 tournament being played this upcoming week, and obviously most of the uh, conferences still have their league tournaments playing uh, this upcoming week. Looking at the uh, WCC, if if Gonzaga does not win the conference tournament, if, let's say, BYU or somebody else were to upset them, do you think would be any any danger of losing the number one seed? I think Gonzaga's still in pretty good shape as well. I mean, they have quality victories across the board, already beating What are some other maybe national storylines or tournament storylines um, that you're keeping an eye on maybe as we're now less than a week away from Selection Sunday? Yeah, uh, there's, there's some teams out there that I 
down the stretch. And I, I mean, you can toss Tinga State into that uh, conversation if you want. But Baylor, which had started the season 24 and one, uh, they've had won 23 games in a row. And uh, now they're two and three entering Big 12 play, and they had that loss to Kansas where they did look good. Uh, just kind of a hard fought loss, and now they have two questionable ones against. TCU and a double-digit loss to West Virginia. So I don't know if I really trust that team so much to survive the first weekend. I think if they have a bad matchup against the 8 or 9 seed, that could get pretty interesting. And then you also have programs like Louisville. They've had their struggles. I think when Jordan Moore isn't on, um, they can they can pick up some losses. And, and then on the opposite end, you have a team like Virginia, which – they could hardly score 50 points early in the year, and, and now they're getting shots, defending well. Bill um, Nova is another team that has played exceptional of late. Um, so uh, there are a lot of teams that had put together either weaker resumes the first three months of the season or so that are now starting to turn it on and being the teams that we expected. And then on the opposite end, we have some teams like maybe Baylor and San Diego State that start up hot, and now they feel a little bit more questionable. So I think some of those questions get ironed out in conference play, but um, there will be plenty of intriguing matchups that, uh, that first weekend. And we all love the underdog this time of year. So what what are maybe some teams that you expect to be double-digit seeds that could uh, be a darling this year and maybe make some noise in the tournament? Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, you have to start with Utah State if they are in that maybe 10 or 11 feet range with what Sam Merrill did on Saturday to just be in this takeover mode and, and to have Nemeas Keita on a game like he did. I think that's one team that you have to look at. Uh, maybe if maybe if Wichita State can sneak in, obviously Greg Marshall has plenty of experience coaching in this tournament. And uh, another team that I'm intrigued about, is Texas Tech, and they've, they've struggled a ton lately, and they, they can't seem to buy a quality win when they need it, but they've been so close. They played well against Kansas and Baylor, which went to overtime. Um, they, they had some quality wins early in the year against uh, Louisville and when the Cardinals were a number one team. So uh, a handful of teams will probably end up between that number 9 to number 11 seed range that probably started the year around maybe a top 25 team or a team that we could probably expect to be in that range that struggled. And now uh, they're in this position where they probably will be an underdog to start the NCAA tournament. So a lot of those teams that have talent and they have head coaching experience, um, I think are teams that are worth looking out for. So Texas Tech's all over the bubble right now. You you think they're going to get in? Yeah, I I think they should be fine. I think they could – they could definitely benefit from a win in the Big 12 tournament. That Thursday matchup against Texas, um, that could be as far as a win and, and get in the game because the Longhorns now have surged onto the bubble, but they just suffered a, a recent loss on Saturday. Um, but if they make it, which I 